0: Happy Friday, everyone, from NPR Music and All Songs Considered. I'm Robin Hilton. I'm here with Christina Lee. Hey, Robin. Serena Turos. Hey, Robin. And Radio Milwaukee's Tariq Moody. Howdy, Robin. It's New Music Friday for May 13th. We usually record this show a bit earlier in the week so we can have it ready to go out by 5 a.m. every Friday morning. And we're lucky that we can hear most albums ahead of their release. But it's really hard to cover surprise drops and albums that are as closely guarded as Kendrick Lamar's new one, Mr. Morale and The Big Steppers do out today. So we're going to have a big deep dive conversation all about that album from our friends at Pop Culture Happy Hour next week in the All Songs Considered feed but we do want to talk about the incredible single and video that Kendrick Lamar dropped this week ahead of the album. It's called The Heart Part Five. As I
1: get a little older, I realize life is perspective. And my perspective may differ from yours. I want to say thank you to everyone that's been down with me. All my fans, all my beautiful fans. One who's ever gave me a lesson? All my people. I come from a generation of pain, will murder his minor Rebellious and more jealous, a chip you for designer Belt buckles and cloud overzealous and prone to violence Make the wrong turn, be your will of the world alignment Residue burn, missed at the inner city Miscommunication to keep homo detector busy No protection is risky, desensitized, I vandalize pain Covered up and camouflage, get used to hearing arsenal rain Analyze, risk your life, take the charge Homies, don't fuck your baby mama once you hit the yard That's culture, 23 hour lockdown Then somebody calls that your little nephew was shot down The culture's i didn't see niggas do 17 hit the half for house get out and get his brains blown out looking the bus and weed car washes played out new go funny accounts to proceed a brand new victim a shatter those dreams, the culture
2: the heart fire five picks up on this single series that Kendrick has done since 2010 the heart series always tends to operate as part Status update and part mission statement. Not even so much for the album that's ahead as much as his mission statement as an artist overall. He dropped this with this music video that honestly I'm still trying to digest right now, but.
0: <laughs> it's, it's mind blowing.
2: Let's talk about it.
0: <laughs> so he morphs into different people during the, the course of the video, like Will Smith, and it's a deep fake and it is incredibly believable. I don't know, I was kind of slack-jawed while watching it. I, th- I thought about Michael Jackson's Black or White video and how I felt mm. when that first dropped like 30 years ago because it was using similar morphing technology that was very, very new. We'd never seen anything like that before. And Deep Fake just takes it to another level.
2: It's really disconcerting because if you're listening to the song in isolation, it then becomes clear that he's rapping from the perspective of the late Nipsey Hustle, which the music video also recreates because Kendrick Lamar's face transforms into Nipsey's. My partner and I have had this debate about whether Kendrick is also inhabiting the persona of like all the different people that are featured in the music video in itself, like if he's rapping from the perspective of a Jesse Smollett or Kanye West or O.J. Simpson. But either way, it's super thought-provoking, and it's always exciting to hear from Kendrick again.
3: When I was looking at the sample, which is a sample of Marvin Gaye's I Want You, that song's really about a romantic relationship. This song is about a relationship of a different kind, multiple relationships. I feel like a relationship with his fans, relationship with the idea of culture, and relationship of being basically a black man in the country. And that's where I look at the complexity of being a black man, and I look at the videos. If you look at all those celebrities, O.J. Simpson, Will Smith, Kanye West, Jesse Smollett, Kobe Bryant, Nipsey Hussle, they all have in their history moments of greatness, and they all have moments of tragedy or trauma or negativity. And he's trying to show that we're just as complicated as any other race in this country. And that's how I kind of take it. it, is Kendrick Mars sees himself in all those people.
4: I think that's also what makes him so great as an artist is that there's this question, how do you present yourself as a person and your work is containing multitudes? I feel like our society likes to flatten celebrities so easily and he's so successfully rejected reductive interpretations of self and his work even though like a lot of his work is so autobiographical this piece is really interesting in the sense that it is a mirror or a reflection of different people in the way society treats black men or celebrity or even his career. I think to your point, Tariq, about using the Marvin Gaye song as the sample, I think it's an interesting fit for the song because it changes what could be like a bleak social commentary mm-hmm. into something that's more about gratitude and acceptance, focusing on optimism and you know what's within your power to change.
0: I don't know if you had the same reaction, but as I was queuing up the video for this cut, I thought, there's no way he can sustain the artistry of a record like Damn, right? I mean, there's not been... after
2: a Pulitzer, no. Yeah.
4: How do you top that?
0: And just like, literally seconds into it and just watching him sitting there during the intro and he's kind of warming up, getting ready to go. I got goosebumps and thought, oh my God, he's going to do it all over again. This is amazing. (laughs) Kendrick Lamar, his new album is Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers as of this taping. Still waiting for it to drop, but we'll have a lot more on it next week from Pop Culture Happy Hour. There are some other incredible records out today that we want to share and talk about. Let's start with Kaylee 47's new one. It's called Shape Up. This insanely, insanely catchy song is Chitty Bang.
1: So watch your tona fume on the road. You niggas pop shit. Like my nigga, did you forget we know you not wit? In the inch of the real shit, so nigga stop bit. I ain't knocking your little hustle, but watch it.
3: I would hate to hear that loud
1: and victory in the hood with them ones. Catch me out in Decatur with some meat and House in I hit the blue flame
2: light. With Lake Halo 47, this is her third album after Wash and & Set and Acrylic. What's interesting about 47 is that she's been a masked artist. She was masked before the pandemic, wearing balaclavas <laughs> and choosing to remain anonymous. Even the songwriting credits credit an alias. So there is no telling like who this person actually is, but her music I think is anything but anonymous from the moment that I hit play on this. It's bold, it's brash, it's assertive.
3: She is a masked genius. I guess she took kind of a little break before putting this third one out. It's really about self-love and black love, but she's probably the most versatile artist in hip hop right now. Like she's a modern rapper, but she plays homage to some classic, classic hip hop. Like LL Cool J is such a throwback sound. And I love how the lyrics is like, Ladies Love Cool Jury.
1: Ladies Love Cool Jury. I'm gonna shine all night. It's gonna be what it's gonna be. I rap that young LL Cool J. That means, Ladies Love Cool Jury but then there's
3: these songs where she's singing like r&b cuts and i'm just like wait what what's going on here what's she doing she's killing it and then there's the house tracks like hip house like i'm thinking about old school hip house like jungle brothers i'll house you it was just a treat and delight to listen to this album over and over and over
4: yeah, the range on this album is incredible. It's like it's pretty front heavy on on the rapping and, and the beats. Like the beat work is is incredible, but then it kind of mellows out into more ballads in the back half. And I I found that really surprising. Like she's got a great voice.
0: She does have a great voice, but I have to say, she was just hitting it so hard in that first half, and then she goes to a, a song about halfway through called "Done Right." And when those keys kicked in, it was kind of a buzzkill for me. It's like she's just, oh. dro- she's just like dropping bars. She's so locked in. And then it's like she slammed on the brakes, turned the wheel in a completely different direction. And she does have a great voice. And I like how she gets into some old school Motown in Seoul. But it was a jarring transition.
2: For me, I always think back to... The fact that she's been a part of at least one Missy Elliott tribute performance. Because, I mean, we know Missy for like the sex anthems. You know, she really set the bar in a post verbal rap landscape for the likes of like Lil Wayne, Young Thug, and all that. But when you listen to Missy Elliott albums as futuristic, as her vision for hip hop was, she was also deeply, deeply reverent. Missy Elliott came into the game with a deep understanding of R&B, old school mm. R&B in particular. When I hear this album and those really sharp transitions from old and brash rap anthems to like these really tender R&B anthems, I immediately think back to Missy and how she must have lived in Virginia at some point. That's all I know. <laughs>
4: A last point about sequencing, I think it kind of made me nostalgic for 90s albums. It was kind of a throwback to an era where there were a lot of big, loud singles, and then the deep cuts were just chilling. Maybe it felt a little abrupt, but it brought me back to an earlier time, and I do kind of miss that idea that I don't think every song has to hit at full volume, and I think that worked for me.
0: Like Kaylee 47, her new one is called Shape Up. Another album out now on May 13th that we're loving comes from Florence in the Machine. It's called Dance Fever. This song is Choreomania.
1: I don't know how it started Don't know how to stop it
2: Suddenly I'm dancing To imaginary music Something's coming So out of breath I just kept spinning and I dance myself today. Something's coming, so I break I just kept spinning and I dance myself today. What makes this album particularly interesting is how it stands compared to a lot of albums that we've been hearing now for New Music Friday or otherwise, where I think society is feeling a bit indecisive over whether to dance the grief away or to just live with it after the onset of the pandemic. It is nice to hear an album that does feel a bit conflicted and all that. So Mm. she's not in like full reverie as she has been with like Calvin Harris, for example, but also she doesn't seem to want to fully give in to like total remorse. Uh, There's still a little bit of grit
4: So, I guess I'll touch the third rail, that this is her Jack Antonoff album. Um, I was a little lukewarm on this one, which was, I'm a huge fan, like, Longs and Ceremonials are like foundational albums for me. You know, I think it's easy to blame Jack when one of the artists that he works with doesn't live up to your expectations, and there's been criticism of him that I don't think is too far off base, that his ubiquity as a producer for some of these big pop women is kind of flattening what makes each of them unique. And to his credit, like this album doesn't sound like a Lana album or a Lord album or a Taylor album, but I kind of had a hard time finding what made it sound like a Florence album. Hmm. She has this monstrous voice. She can do whatever she wants with it, but I just felt like a lot of these songs never fully dropped. I don't know, I always think of her
0: music has having lots of drama in it. you know I can always picture her thundering into battle you know on a trusty steed with her sword drawn overhead. Time today me
2: up puts me down
1: me up me up.
0: Even when she gets quiet, there's a sense that there's this clenched fist raised overhead. And I still felt that in this record. I guess to your point, Serena, about whether or not it feels like a Florence and the Machine album, it did to me.
4: I think maybe part of the confusion is even stems from the title, like it's dance fever. Mm. And hearing that, I kind of expected maybe she'd go like full electro pop or something. A lot of her music has this like thrumming, pounding quality to it that makes it danceable. And yet it didn't quite meet what I thought that might mean. And she does work with Glass Animals' Dave Bailey on this as well. And Glass Animals' music has that weird offbeat danceable quality too, but maybe it was too many cooks in the kitchen with this one. I think she has such a singular vision, but working with these people, it kind of felt a little lost to me. I think she got sober a couple years ago and was very honest about how that impacted the way she was writing and the struggle to kind of approach art without relying on that as a coping mechanism you know I do think it's always compelling when artists talk about the process of craft in their own songwriting
0: there's also a lot of anxiety I thought which is I, I found to be a real through line with a lot of the records that we're going to talk about on today's show Florence and the Machine the new album is dance fever we still do have a few more records out today that we want to highlight but first we need to take a short break The following message comes from NPR sponsor REI, who supports community-driven efforts to make positive change in the outdoors. For Chief Customer Officer Ben Steele, bringing people together is at the heart of this work. I think there are a lot of moments in our world today where the problems feel bigger than us. Uh, But when we come together, they're not bigger than us. So our goal is to put um, the positive impacts uh, that all of our philanthropic partners are making in front of more folks and frankly, to make participating in that easier for more people in our community. So whether that's more ways to give, more ways to give their time, more ways to raise their voice, our job is to allow more folks to participate in creating positive impact and change at a societal level. To learn more and join REI in their work to protect and share life outside, go to REI.com slash better
1: is out there.
0: It's New Music Friday from NPR and All Songs Considered. I'm Robin Hilton, and we're doing a quick rundown of the best albums out now on May 13th, including a new one today from the rapper Quelly Chris. It's called Death Fame. This cut is called King in Black.
1: Why you lames nerve to fuck out the art of MC? Listen, to me, mix these yo, Gaba Gaba MCs. And these old Stone Age, Jazz Yabba Daba MCs. Got a nigga drippin' Kaba Kaba MTs. Just to keep from slapping this shit right out of MCs. Make the voice go deep, I got a Baba MCs. Can't treat them like they wanna, ain't your father MCs. See, nigga like me, just wanna smoke treat and happy trees. Hotel lobbies overseas, with ass you I've been writing crack since rap was twenty-three. So if you want an unbiased opinion, don't ask me. My favorite MC's got properties and bad knees at dispensaries reflecting how we use the bad weed. Everybody wanna grow up to be that nigga that blow up. I'm the coke, everybody know it, but don't nobody know us.
3: Quelle Chris, probably the most ambitious and innovative hip-hop artist, and not to mention he's married to one of my favorite MCs, Gene Gray. I felt like every month for a while, it was like a new Quelle Chris project was coming out. This album, he basically said, Death Frame is kind of a focus of the idea of what success is within the entertainment industry and how it realistically parallels the common human experience. I definitely hear that. But my favorite track was the first single, Alive Ain't Always Living, which is kind of the most accessible track on the record. It has this very spiritual gospel vibe, but it kind of the honesty. The lyric I love, I'm so grateful, so grateful to be alive, but alive ain't always living. Sometimes we yeah. just survive.
1: Yeah. I'm so grateful, so grateful to be alive, but alive ain't always living. Sometimes niggas just survive day to day, day. Play to play, two pieces of fries, or the steak we leave some size, sometimes low and sometimes high. I'm so thankful. For these people by my side, thought I know what I done wrong, Trying to be what I done right, the quatro. See it, it's me or my you can keep the feast to mine. I just will
3: Brings back so certain wrong. sounds like old odd future, yep. Madlib, lab, quasimoto, jazzy keys, drums, distorted elements. I just miss that in hip hop, you know, the, the polish, there's so much polish in hip hop and like to bring this rawness, like the first time I ever heard Rutan Clan, that was just refreshing to hear this, brings back that same emotion of just, what is this? This is so different. I love this so much.
2: So much of this album truly reckons with the fact that he's at the top of his craft and he's received more critical acclaim in recent years uh, than he ever has. And he doesn't know what to do with all that. Because he has such an independent vision for his artistry, you can tell that he's still wrestling with this idea that he still has something to prove. And he's looking around these lists, like in that King of Black song, mentioning how he's being listed next to Yo Gabba Gabba MCs. (laughs) He's sort of like, this is what you think of me, really? (laughs) Uh, It speaks to his very unique stature in hip hop. There's clearly so much pride that he takes in his craft, but he's also very honest with the fact that maintaining this independent vision just isn't easy at all. Both he and Open Mike Eagle share this quality where they speak really specifically to this indie rap hustle, but have this way of making it seem like very visceral and like super, super relatable. I love the part in the title track where he speaks specifically about like, you know what, Keep your flowers. I can't eat that. I love that.
1: You can keep your flowers. I can't eat your flowers. I'm trying to get that ghost money up to power.
3: Also, like, on the track, So Tired, You Can't Stop Dreaming, oh. the line when it's like, when the course gets tough, ain't no forcing the wind, finna snap like stacks with the jazz like Shep. I was <laughs> struck
0: by the production, particularly on that cut. Show
1: us what within. <laughs> And when of course gets tough, ain't no force in the wind, finna snap like stacks with the jazz like Shep. One-on-one with myself, and I've been above the rim.
0: He takes these three disparate elements, that jazz piano, that herky jerky beat that kind of staggers around. And his words, none of it quite lines up. But he makes it work. He makes it walk. Mm -hmm.
2: He was first a producer for the likes of Danny Brown. And actually, most recently, he did music for Judas and the Black Messiah. But specifically, the original motion picture soundtrack, as opposed to the hip-hop companion album that had Jay-Z in the leg. Uh, So he's always had that ear.
0: I mentioned that recurring theme of anxiety. There's a great little moment on a track called PS1, Pontiac Sunfire 1. You
2: see, everybody is chasing
1: anybody because the rabbits are running
0: away, and they're running away from the fox and the fox is running away from the bear. Which is essentially everyone's running away from something. Quelle Chris' his album is Death Fame. Also out today is a new one from our 2017 Tiny Desk contest winner Tank and the Bangas. It's called Red Balloon. This song is Why Try. Flowers
1: Just because it's Monday
3: of Tank is amazing. Basically, I feel like the album, based off how she described it, and I got a chance to interview her, it's a chance to be unapologetically black on this record. The range of Tank and the band is just simply wonderful, and they deserve all the accolades and more for this release.
0: And how good has her band gotten since they won the Tiny Desk (laughs) (laughs) contest back in 2017? My God, they are so tight now.
4: Listening to this release, I was realizing that I think Tank fills that Nicki Minaj hole that we have in our mm. pop culture right now. Her vocal elasticity, like the myriad ways that she could flex that muscle and her different vocalizations, she has so many great little character voices. But then when she wants to just belt out a ballad, she's got the range.
2: And I really loved how this range is like framed within the album. It reminded me of... The Electric Lady by Janelle Monae, specifically because it's framed by the way of this imaginary radio station where you have the likes of Questlove and Wayne Brady uh, (laughs) acting as DJs. And it really allows them, it gives them a framework and the liberty to explore all these different styles and moods. We can hear like a quiet storm sax one moment and then we hear a rap lyric specifically about Marge Simpson's ass the next. There was no telling (laughs) what to expect with this album. I think even
4: a song like Stolen Fruit kind of encapsulates what this band does best. Uh, You know, and even Tank said, it's like if Stevie Wonder wrote the Nina Simone song, Strange Fruit.
1: Good morning, sunshine, planted somewhere. not the place from which you grew. I the I might try to run away.
4: They just have, you know, this complexity of, of black music and art and experience that they put in their work that I find super compelling. Tank
0: and the Bangers, their new album is Red Balloon. We have some of our personal favorites that we want to share real quickly before we wrap up this week's New Music Friday, but first I want to throw something completely different into the mix, different from all the other albums that we've talked about, from the filmmaker and musician John Carpenter, his soundtrack to the movie Firestarter also out today. This is a song called Charlie's Rampage.
4: So John Carpenter's largely focused on music since he quit directing circa like 2010. His most recent projects he remixed and redid the score for 2021's Halloween Kills, which was a sequel to his original Halloween movie from the 70s. You know, he's one of those people that we talk about who was an innovator so long ago that it's hard to see what makes them unique because they're surrounded by a sea of imitators
0: right and so
4: in this one it has a lot of his characteristic qualities like there's so much restraint in his scores he makes music out of about three or four macro elements and he always seems to take one out before adding another but there's also so much subtlety and like a delicate layering to those macro elements and letting minute changes in accents do the work of making repetition interesting to the ear and also like kind of unsettling. This one I don't think is going to be quite an iconic score, but I think it epitomizes what makes him unique and compelling and makes him such an influence on on other artists. I was thinking a lot about he was named as an influence to churches on their last album Screen Violence, which was mm. thinking about the role of horror in music making, and he actually did a couple remixes for them on their song Final Girl, which, I mean, he created the Final Girl, so Firestarter is a remake of a 1984 film that starred Drew Barrymore, and he was actually the original director for that, but he got axed, and so this is kind of a full circle moment where they brought him back to do the score for this one.
2: It was so interesting to Listen to this even after discussing R. K. Fire last week, because I listened to it after we recorded our conversation. And when we got to Rabbit Hole and it went to the, through that synth wave tarp, and I was like, everybody is just John Carpenter's sons. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> but yeah, you're right, Serena. I, like, It's a very characteristic John Carpenter release, but it's because he truly does not have to do much. He could always use some more flowers, even though he can't eat <laughs> off of them, as Quelle Chris says. But it is nice.
0: John Carpenter, his new album, the soundtrack to Firestarter. And before we go, let's just do a quick round of
3: some other notable releases we're loving this week, Tariq. I got Monophonic Sage Hotel, the psychedelic soul rock band is back, and I love their music, man, because it allows me to create films in my head, my own film soundtrack. I heard the first single, War Paint, and they returned to true form.
4: Serena. The South Korean band, Say Mi is back with their sophomore album, The Last Thing Left. You know, a lot of the albums this week are kind of dark or beat heavy. This is the opposite. It's breezy, introspective listen about dealing with the grief of their friend and original drummer, Semin Kong, who died in 2019. It's about cultivating the love that keeps you going.
2: Christina, Mandy Moore, star of This Is Us, returns to her roots with this new album. It's called In Real Life.
0: And I'll note that there's a new album out today from the Black Keys. It's called Dropout Boogie. I admit it. I love me some good old fashioned riff rock. It's coming out almost 20 years to the day after they put out their debut. The Big Come Up came out on May 14th, 2002. And now they have Dropout Boogie, their 11th studio album. And that'll do it for this week's New Music Friday. My thanks to Christina Lee, Serena Turos, Tariq Moody. Thanks, everybody.
2: Thank you. Thanks, Robin. Thank you, guys.
0: Our show was edited and mixed by Ron Scalzo. It was produced with help from Bob Boylan. Remember to check out the description of this episode in your podcast feed to see a list of everything we played and talked about. You can also hear full versions of all the songs, plus a bunch of new singles that dropped this week in Spotify or Apple Music. Just search for NPR's New Music Friday playlist. And if you haven't already, sign up for our newsletter. You'll find it at npr.org musicnewsletter music newsletter. And for NPR Music and All Songs Considered, I'm Robin Hilton. I hope you have a great weekend. Be well and treat yourself to lots of music.